0: to episode 111.
1: 111, three ones, that has to be auspicious, right?
0: Definitely, it's considered an angel number, actually, when numbers repeat like that.
1: Very nice. Mm -hmm. Episode 111. Well, we're glad to be back, weirdos.
0: Yes, as always, glad to be back and happy December. This is our first December episode. And I'm excited to share that Andrew's kicking off the month. And he has a very special episode for us this week.
1: Yes, we do. And so without further ado, we're just gonna get right into it. Yeah, let's just jump right in. So if I describe like a jolly, mildly obese man who has a penchant <laughs> for eating cookies, wears a red suit, flies in a sleigh, led by flying reindeer, and is very generous with presents. I feel as if most people would know like whom I'm describing, right?
0: I would think so. yes.
1: I would I would definitely hope so.
0: Santa Claus.
1: You got it. I mean, if you don't know him, I mean, I don't know what to say. Like, I genuinely like, sorry for you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Even though it's a very like, and I'm sure you'll get into this, a very Christian tradition. I feel like people all over the world are familiar with modern day Santa.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Very familiar. And I'm assuming since you're listening to this, you probably know. And that, who Santa Claus is, and I'm also assuming you haven't lived under a rock your entire life at this point. So interestingly, though, despite all of his fame, the history of Santa Claus, um, and especially the story that led to him being an icon, mm-hmm. isn't really particularly well-known, weirdly enough. Okay. So without further ado, though, let's just get into the actual history of Santa Claus,
0: that's the second time you've said without further ado. I know. I, I, as soon
1: as I said that, I was like, fuck. <laughs> and I just cursed.
0: No. <laughs> I'm
1: just on a roll right now.
0: Because without further ado means no more preamble. And then you say it. And then you add a ton of preamble. And then you say it again.
1: Oh, <laughs> Well, without further
0: ado. <laughs> yes, tell us.
1: Okay, so with as with many things in this world... And the, like, that we live in today. Right. The legend of Santa Claus can actually be traced back to... Pagans. And specifically, when and where. Oh,
0: my gosh. Is it Romans?
1: Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So, the Romans had, obviously, their Christmas equivalent called Saturnalia, which is something a lot of the weirdos probably know about.
0: We covered it in a previous episode, didn't we? We did, yeah. yes.
1: Um I believe i have it written down here and i don't remember where i put it Anyway, when you come across we can come across it yeah
0: yeah but it's one of our earlier episodes
1: it is yes and this is where many of the traditions that we have today come from right Mm -hmm. for specifically for christmas including wreaths candles feasts Mm. and even presents
0: oh that's so cool
1: and this was their celebration of the winter solstice which Mm -hmm. lands just a few days before december 25th Mm -hmm. um This is the holiday where, you know, fun fact, the slaves and the slave owners in Rome switched places and basically like, you know, enslaved folks would be like served by these rich aristocrats.
0: That is so weird.
1: Yeah, it's a very strange. What a
0: strange celebration.
1: A little strange. Yeah. (laughs) Well, anyways, yeah. Like I said, we did cover Saturnalia in the past. So I'm not going to get into it too much. Mm -hmm. Um, but just know that like these traditions that we have are literally ancient. Yeah. That's That's kind of the big point.
0: They go way back. Even you said wreaths.
1: Yes, exactly. That's so cool. And if you are interested in learning more about Saturnalia, episode number 30,
0: Oh, you found it! There you go. There we go. It is an early one. It's
1: an early one, yeah. not like an early early one, but a pretty early one. Mm-hmm. So, there was also a Germanic um, pagan tradition of Yule, mm-hmm. which was their winter solstice celebration, and uh, in fact, a, cinnamon, a synonym excuse me for Christmas time is Yule today. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's so
0: interesting. From. I never knew that it was so ancient.
1: Yes, all, another ancient. Um, not a lot is actually known about this holiday and the earliest mm. attestations we have in writing about the season comes from like early christianization of the germanic peoples like in around the fifth century ad
0: wow
1: so but an etymologists believe that the word jolly actually comes from yule
0: that's crazy yeah wow
1: So also during this tradition, evergreen trees were mounted Mm. in the corners of homes during this period and were decorated with pieces of food, runes, statues, and strips of cloth.
0: Are you serious? I had thought, I don't know if this is accurate or not, to be honest, because I probably read this online or something, but I thought that like the tradition of trees and wreaths and a lot of our Christmas traditions came from uh, Queen Victoria or the Victorian era.
1: It might have been like a rediscovery. I know the 19th century was a big kind of, like I said, like rediscovery of these more ancient traditions. So it's quite possible. But I
0: didn't realize it goes so far back.
1: It goes way back. Another like literally ancient thing.
0: Also, what a cute human thing to do to be like, I'm going to take this tree and I'm going to put it inside my home and I'm going to cover it in stuff. I know,
1: right? It's such a crazy thing just person thing to do when you think about it. And then we literally have a tree like right next to me.
0: We just got our tree today. Yeah. We actually got two trees. We did. We got a big tree and a little tree.
1: Big tree and a little tree. We
0: went a little Yule Tide bonanza today, really.
1: We, We did, yeah. But there was also animal and possibly even human sacrifices associated with Yule, so... That's not the best. Yeah, and hopefully that does not sound familiar. And if it does, hopefully then, that doesn't. You know, I'm just stay away from me. <laughs> stay away from both of us.
0: <laughs> yes, hopefully that does not ring true for your Christmas traditions or holiday traditions that you celebrate. No, no animal or human sacrifices.
1: Absolutely. Um, though it is possible that it was just a rumor that was spread by Christians during like late antiquity.
0: Oh yes, that's a very.
1: So the jury's still out on that one.
0: Yeah, that's a very typical thing that happened, right?
1: Exactly. Kind of
0: painting the pagan religions as barbaric and savage and things like that.
1: Exactly. Mm -hmm. So by now, we have gone over a lot of the traditions that we celebrate today and Mm -hmm. how they literally have ancient roots. But you're probably asking yourself something along the lines of, well, where the heck is Santa?
0: Yeah, where's Santa?
1: Well, we're going to get into it literally right now meow okay so the origins of santa claus trace back to a real person born in around 270 a.d in a city called mira in asia minor which is present-day turkey Um, but at the time it was part of the roman empire Mm -hmm. so this man would later be venerated as a saint
0: i know who you're talking about yeah
1: I mean, if you're Catholic, you know, Uh, (laughs) and if you surmise that we are talking uh, indeed about St. Nicholas, then you are correct. Mm -hmm. So he would become known as the patron saint of sailors, merchants, archers, repentant thieves, brewers, pawnbrokers, unmarried people, students, but most importantly, at least for this narrative, children.
0: Wow, he's definitely a multi-passionate saint.
1: He's a multi-passionate saint indeed.
0: He did not believe in niching down.
1: (laughs) No, he didn't.
0: That's a lot of different types of people because typically whatever you are the patron saint of or whomever, whatever it is, is very specific because it usually ties to like the miracles you performed or the martyrdom, whatever. This guy's got everybody, he's got fishermen, he's got thieves, he's got kids, like. I know. He's all over the place.
1: He's a little all over the place. Um, you know, and it's kind of interesting too because uh, we are talking about historical figure now, mm-hmm. but we don't know a lot about him. A lot of what's written about him actually comes uh, much later.
0: Yeah, that's typically how it goes with saints.
1: Yeah. Um in one of the earliest attested most famous incidents though from his life, mm-hmm. he is said to have rescued three girls from being forced into prostitution. Wow, and he did this by dropping a sack of gold coins through the window of each of their house or each of the house each for each of them um in through a window at night mm. so that the the father could pay the dowry.
0: Oh, so they didn't have a dowry, right. They're low income. They would need to turn to sex work to survive. Pretty much. And to help the dad and the girls out, he gives them the money for the dowry. That's so sweet.
1: Exactly. And another story has him rescuing, uh, or I'm sorry, not rescuing, resurrecting three children who had been murdered and whose bodies were being pickled in brine to be sold as pork. Not making this
0: up. That sounds like one of those Grimm's fairy tales.
1: It literally does.
0: Wow. It's disgusting. So these kids are deceased and St. Yes. Nicholas resurrected them? Yeah. Okay.
1: Pretty crazy, huh?
0: That's a pretty crazy miracle.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and lastly, he saved three innocent soldiers from being wrongfully executed.
0: Wow.
1: I don't know if you a seen- th-
0: the theme of threes.
1: Yes, exactly. I was gonna ask, like, you see a theme here? A lot of threes.
0: The Holy Trinity. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So he would become known as Nicholas the Wondermaker for the miracles that were attributed to his intercessions. Mm-hmm. And basically that's just the praying to other saints on behalf of someone else. Yeah. Intercession. Just for the weirdos. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, you pray. So like when Catholics pray to saints, that's an intercession because you're not supposed to have you know like under christianity multiple gods right. so you're asking the saint to help you out they're kind of like giving some muscle to your prayers
1: it's so funny because that's what the ancients used to do with like in polytheistic ones right in polytheistic yeah because that's gods. where it comes from yeah exactly
0: um so it's like you and your your saint whoever it is it's nicholas it's monica it's whoever are, they're like teaming up with you to ask God for whatever the thing is <laughs> that you need help with.
1: That's awesome. It's
0: kind of cute when you think about it.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and going back to St. Patrick, interestingly, uh, he would be a victim of uh, Christian persecutions under Emperor Diocletian in the early 4th century.
0: Do you mean Nicholas?
1: Nicholas, yes. You
0: said Patrick.
1: Oh, wow. St. Th- Patrick. That is... That's weird. Another
0: saint that's that's holiday is very big.
1: Yeah, exactly. Wow, that that was a Freudian slip right
0: there.
1: (laughs) I don't know. That's so far away, too. I don't know where that came from. But yeah, Saint Nicholas, not Saint Patrick, guys.
0: Wow. Under Diocletian, you said?
1: Yeah, so Diocletian persecuted um, some of the early Christians in the the early 4th century. And he was thrown into prison um, and beaten, most likely. And until Mm. another Roman emperor would free him, Mm. and that would be none other than... Constantine the Great. Right, right. Yeah. He was the, who would be known as the first Christian Roman emperor.
0: That makes a lot of sense then.
1: It does. Right. And super random, but I thought this was interesting. Mm -hmm. So in 2004, a study by the university of Manchester actually studied the bones of St. Nicholas.
0: The, Oh my gosh. Yes. The actual bones, the actual
1: bones. And not only um, did they confirm that he lived until his seventies, which is uh, what tradition dictates. but he actually suffered a broken nose that had only partially healed. And this is most likely like evidence to like the persecutions that he had faced when
0: he was in prison and he got beat up.
1: Exactly. Wow.
0: That's crazy.
1: Yeah, that is
0: when the, when science is able to confirm at least pieces of these myths, that's so fascinating.
1: I know. I love that stuff too. So according to tradition, true tradition, I cannot speak today. (laughs) But St. Nicholas, not St. Patrick, would die in the (laughs) mid-4th century on December 6th, which would become Mm. his saint day. Yeah. And that's only a few days away from the time of this recording.
0: Yes, because today it is December 3rd.
1: Yes, and this episode will be dropping December 4th.
0: Yeah, wow. So happy early St. Nicholas Day.
1: (laughs) There you go, guys. And... What I think is kind of crazy is that St. Nicholas really did see in his lifetime kind of the rise of Christianity within the Roman Empire. That's right. right. It went from persecutions to tolerance to acceptance to basically supremacy, all within the span of like a 70-year time frame. That's nuts to think about.
0: When you say it like that, that's really fast. That's someone's lifetime.
1: Right, exactly. That's crazy. So... As you can see here, though, there's nothing really connecting Saint Nicholas to Christmas at this time, right?
0: Not to Christmas, no. But I see the early beginnings of Santa here with like the yes giving of the gold, right? In, like through the window and things like that.
1: Exactly. I'm glad you said that because mm-hmm. I, that's what I thought too. Really? Absolutely.
0: Yeah, like he's very generous. I see it. I see yeah, it. Right. But so far, you're right. No Christmas.
1: No Christmas. So what gives? What gives, Stephanie?
0: Oh, I don't know. I didn't write this episode.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so over the course of centuries, his rep as the patron saint of children grew.
0: that's right Mm -hmm. and so
1: by the year 1200 AD Saint Nicholas was the undisputed champion of the world what (laughs) no I'm just saying that no but in all seriousness Saint Nicholas was the unchallenged bringer of gifts and the toast of celebration centered around his feast day December 6th oh okay yeah so not actually the champion of the world
0: this makes more sense
1: much more sense right so the saint would be depicted suspiciously similar to the likeness of both the Roman god Saturn and the mm. Norse god Odin, sporting like a nice big white beard.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: So it's we're still not at the place of the Santa that you and I have in our minds. Right. But you can see it's like, okay, we're moving that direction. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's very unlikely that in real life, Saint Nicholas would have had that, like, he would have sported that giant beard.
0: They weren't in fashion.
1: No. Yeah. So... he also by this point he could fly so there's that too of course right yeah it's
0: kind of lame if you can't
1: not even with the help (laughs) of reindeer he could just straight up fly ladies and gentlemen like superman yeah like superman
0: that's really cool if i ever have to be martyred and become a saint i would request that as well of course yeah the patron saint of weirdos oh there we go there we go there we go that (laughs) would definitely
1: be more so you Maybe maybe more so me
0: maybe more so you Gosh. Maybe sometimes there are saints that come in pairs. So we could be the duo.
1: Like Castor and Pollux?
0: Yes, exactly. Like Castor and Pollux. Like not, a,
1: not at all. They were like twins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Would, not Cersei and Jamie. That would be gross. That'd be so gross.
0: And for folks who do not know, because maybe you just started listening to this podcast, Andrew and I are married. So that's why that would be gross. Yes.
1: <laughs> just want to make that very clear. Okay. So... Going back to St. Nicholas, though, um, his feast day would be continued, like, uh, for the next 300 years, all the way until the early 16th century. So now, if you really okay. know your history, you might have a guess as to why all of a sudden the worship of St. Nicholas in, like, the early 1500s might have come under fire. Any guesses?
0: Is it just the... That medieval time period's not super down with the pagan-rooted stuff?
1: No. Okay. Um, I tried. It's, yeah, it's okay. So.
0: <laughs> You're like, obviously, she does not know her history. Obviously,
1: she doesn't know.
0: This is so embarrassing. No. Tell us then.
1: Well, Stephanie, you are correct because you did guess it had to do with the rise of Protestantism.
0: I didn't guess that, but thank you. You did guess that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I literally have in my notes here like, yes, Stephanie, you're correct. So specifically <sighs> with the rise of Reverend Martin Luther and Protestantism as a whole, right?
0: Martin Luther was a homie.
1: He was a homie, but um, it still didn't, they didn't want to celebrate like the people, right? That yeah. That took away from Christ.
0: Yeah, you're right. Protestantism is not down with like the saints and Exactly. The Saint Days and the Feasts. You're right.
1: You're right. And I can't elaborate about it too much just because like uh the history of like religious doctrine just one, like I don't know a lot about it. Like I know the general like basics to it. And two, if I'm being honest, guys, it just doesn't interest me as much as like some other like societal themes. But it's important for this, obviously.
0: Essentially, and I say this truly not meaning to offend anyone i'm not religious but grew up going to catholic school essentially it's they the two groups are in this point kind of arguing over semantics
1: yeah that's what i always thought too yeah
0: they're kind of arguing over like uh just what who's doing it right and who's doing it wrong yeah so it's tough i think everyone should do what makes them feel good Right? Yeah.
1: I know. It should be personal. They really should have just had us. and we'd been guys, guys, it's chill. Guys,
0: just be chill. Like, it's cool.
1: <laughs> imagine us saying that to them. <laughs> guys, be chill.
0: Just be chill. Everyone go do, a, do your own thing.
1: <laughs> oh my god.
0: I think it would have gone over really well.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, the worship of saints in general as as you just said, like it was a big no-no with yeah. a lot of Protestant sects. Um and it was actually considered heresy a lot of the time. Mhm. And with lots of, like, the Germanic European countries, this Protestantism really took hold, and the worship of saints was mostly outlawed.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. If it's heresy, then...
1: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And when we get to St. Nicholas specifically, though, it Mm -hmm. gets a little weird. Because as far back... Well, let me just take a step back. As far back as the early 15th century in England, uh, they started to discard the idea of St. Nicholas in favor of Father Christmas,
0: Oh yeah, which we use interchangeably now.
1: Yes, and that that's a whole. And I'll get to that more like later on. Okay, but um, just know that they have Father Christmas, right? All right, and you know he was a bearded reveler who brought ch- like gifts to children.
0: So basically the same yeah, shit. The
1: same shit. Like he looks different, but like the idea is there, right? Yeah, the idea is there.
0: It's the same vibes. Sadly, no mention
1: of flying reindeer though at this point in time.
0: Or flying Father Christmas. Correct. Okay. That's lame.
1: Lame. So even Martin Luther himself though urged that people should celebrate baby Jesus as opposed to the gift-bringer Saint Nicholas.
0: That's right, Martin Luther. It's all about baby Jesus. It
1: really was, yeah. I like Martin Luther I think as a whole. I though I do think he got this wrong.
0: Yeah, I think it's about both. Yeah. It's a yes and moment.
1: Yeah, not a yes n- no. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. No, I'm screwing that up. (laughs) And or. Yeah, and or. No, it's just a yes and. Yeah.
0: Or wait. I think we screwed that up again.
1: You know where we're going. Either or. Either or.
0: We got it. We got it. It's not either or. It's yes and. Boom. Yeah.
1: So, guys, I'm like, I'm speaking in like fairly broad strokes here, Mm -hmm. but we're going to get a wee bit um, more granular because. You know this tradition of gift-giving on Christmas Eve as opposed to December 6th actually started with Martin Luther. Really? Yes.
0: That's so interesting.
1: There's a lot of back and forth, and you'll see that. Okay. But, so, in the promise of being granular, Mm -hmm. so in around 1566, the the Netherlands rebelled against Philip II of Spain and would eventually be successful in ending Spanish rule in the country. Right. So this brought about Protest is specifically calvinism as the de facto right. state religion within this change yes saints were no longer celebrated right yeah again broad strokes but you're getting the idea mm-hmm. there is one exception though to this yeah, and i'm is. barely certain you can guess to whom i'm referring
0: saint nicholas
1: you got it So the celebrations of St. Nicholas would confoundingly remain highly popular, especially in Amsterdam, where events like street markets and fairs were kept alive, and people impersonating Nicholas dressed in red clothes instead of a bishop's like tabard and miter were very common.
0: Yeah, they were like, you know what? We're not down with the saints thing. That's weird for us, but we are down to party.
1: (laughs) We're down to party. (laughs) The St. Nicholas dude is... (laughs) He could party. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's pretty cool.
0: He brings that Yule Tide.
1: Yeah. So, but while this was happening, there was also developments going across the Atlantic in the New World. So, well before the British colonies that would eventually form the United States were even founded, Mm -hmm. St. Nicholas had already been introduced into the New World. Vikings, funny enough, were the first to bring him out of Europe and dedicated a cathedral to him in Greenland.
0: Mm. not sure if
1: that really counts as like the quote unquote new world but i like vikings and i thought this was pretty interesting honestly
0: that is super interesting and it's not a new world yeah i didn't (laughs)
1: think it was but i was like "Eh, yeah you know close enough
0: yeah to the europeans the new world
1: exactly yeah so you're not gonna like this but even columbus (laughs) in 1492 dedicated a haitian port to saint nicholas
0: Ugh, the eye roll. (laughs) I
1: know. Spaniards would even name an early Floridian settlement St. Nicholas Ferry, which still survives to this day as the St. Nick neighborhood in Jacksonville. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: That's so interesting.
1: Needless to say, St. Nicholas is basically as old in the Americas as European colonization is on the continent.
0: So it just shows how much people cared about celebrating St. Nicholas. In December. Exactly. That it's obviously like one of the first saints and one of the most long lasting saints that they brought to the Americas. True. Wow. Absolutely. That's interesting.
1: So just because the celebration of St. Nicholas was introduced does not necessarily mean though that like the tradition was super popular. Mm-hmm. So in New England, especially, like since Puritans were more concentrated in that area. Yeah. The feast of St. Nicholas was hardly ever practiced in that region.
0: I don't think Puritans had feast days like that.
1: I don't think they had fun.
0: I, yeah. I don't think fun was their vibe.
1: Yeah. And <laughs> it's funny. I think I'm fairly certain I have Puritan ancestors and I do not identify with them even like remotely.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You're all about the feast days.
1: Yeah, I'm all about the feast days.
0: And the witchery
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: <laughs> i mean you do have a podcast called history for weirdos so. yeah i don't
1: think i would definitely be like burned up this st- no not burned at the stake that's that's a european thing but in the americas i would definitely be like stoned or something pressed, pressed to, to, death. to death yeah throwback that would be an honor <laughs> so <laughs> so well since most colonies though um in the Americas, especially like on the East Coast of like what we, was the present day United States, was founded by the English. Mm-hmm. Saint Nicholas was not super popular, right? Okay, um, there are a few exceptions like the German settlers in Pennsylvania. Oh yeah, and even more famously in New York, which was originally founded as New Amsterdam by the Dutch, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Sinterklaas would remain popular, which, <laughs> by the way, is the Dutch basically <laughs> Santa can i tell Saint them Nicholas. something yes
0: <laughs> i was sitting on the couch while andrew was writing his episode at the kitchen table I know what you're say. <laughs> and all i hear all of a sudden is like a robotic voice being like sinterklaus Claus like over and over again and andrew mumbling to himself <laughs> so is andrew practicing the pronunciation <laughs>
1: And I nailed it, I think. I
0: think you nailed it too. <laughs> Watch
1: like Dutch people that are listening be like, actually, you're saying it wrong.
0: <laughs> actually, that's so offensive. <laughs> I know.
1: Well, I, th- I think it was after you butchered Leicestershire.
0: Oh my God. I was
1: like... I, we got, I, lots, of we got leist-
0: lots of corrections on that one. We got
1: lots of corrections on that one. I'm I was like, so
0: sorry. I forgot it again, so I'm not going to say it again. Leicestershire. Leicestershire.
1: Yeah. There we go. There you go. So Sinterklaas though. Mm-hmm would remain popular right uh, in the area until the British took the settlement mm. and the tradition would kind of die out for a little bit but even that isn't 100% true Um because we do funny enough see a resurgence as far back as the 1770s of course when anti-British sentiments were at an all-time high.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Yes. But then um, celebrating saint nicholas would kind of be an act of rebellion
1: and get this actually um we would see saint nicholas throughout the american revolution as a patriot symbol what and represented like the antithesis of the british christmas tradition
0: wow yeah it's
1: kind of actually wild
0: that's so cool i never knew that
1: yeah i didn't know that either um So I was like, wow, I learned something new about, like, the American Revolution. I I feel like I knew, like, a decent amount.
0: Especially after our Boston trip.
1: Exactly. It's not necessarily my, like, Roman Empire, Mm -hmm. but I do find it very fascinating. Yeah. My Roman Empire is literally ancient Rome.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's like... I would say ancient history in general because, Mm -hmm. like, I could also, like, I could really go into the Greeks and even earlier, like, the Mesopotamians. Anyways, we're going to talk about St. Nicholas here. So... I know, like, this whole idea of, like, Christmas being seen as, like, un-American at the time. But you Mm -hmm. have to understand that, like, you really have to separate, like, St. Nicholas from the modern Christmas tradition to understand their perspective. Um, They were wholly separate. Yeah. It was was not and. It was either or.
0: Ah, you got it right that time. You got it
1: right. (laughs) Which I get is hard because it is, like almost impossible to imagine Christmas today without St. Nick, Santa Claus, whatever you want to call him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I could see how our Santa Claus is like a bunch of other stuff plus St. Nicholas. Exactly. And you're talking about St. Nicholas to them. is well, like yeah. totally separate.
1: It was like St. Nicholas and then other stuff added onto him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of, I think the way that I would view it. And also it's funny because like this St. Nicholas that I'm referring to isn't even like close to what we would imagine as Santa Claus today. Not Mm -hmm. yet. There's some, there's obviously similarities, which we've already covered, but it's not the same guy. Mm -hmm. But speaking of which it's in this 19th century that we see that start to change. And we really start to, to come to see the Santa Claus that we like imagine our heads, like come to fruition. Okay. So, what was Christmas like at this time? Was it similar to what we have today? And it's not even close. So completely different. Puritans had ironically eliminated Christmas as a holy season. And popular celebrations of Christmas at this time were riotous. Like featuring just the drunken mob and public disorder.
0: Oh, wow. So it
1: is very different than Christmas today.
0: So either you were kind of like engaging in debauchery or you were doing nothing for Christmas? Yeah, okay. more
1: or less. I think the the upper class of society did have a little bit more of what we would imagine as like a Christmas, but still. It was like different. probably a nice
0: meal with a yeah, family type of thing? exactly. Okay.
1: But, you know, Protestants mostly ignored Christmas during the early 19th century in the United States. Yeah. Which sort of also made this weird like unholy alliance, no pun intended, with industrialists as they were able to keep people working like for longer, even in the later cold months, as December 25th was just a regular day to them.
0: That sucks so much because that's so cruel. First of all, they, yes. those workers were not treated well. And second of all, it just kind of goes against um, the rhythms of nature. There's a reason that all over the world... You celebrate the winter solstice, the summer solstice, things like that. Because we, we're animals. We're part of nature. So in the colder months, it makes sense to rest more. Right. There's less to harvest, things like that, right? So it really, I'm, I think it makes sense that it's always been like a family time or a time of re- rest and relaxation. So whether or not there's Christmas, I feel like that's so mean to do in the colder months to people.
1: I have- completely agree with you and Mm -hmm. I do think that it was it was such a shame especially like I mean we're Americans we get like two days off a year already yeah
0: yeah so these guys got one day off a year it sounds like
1: (laughs) however though we're starting to see the winds of change, like I had alluded to earlier. Mm-hmm. So in 1809, Washington Irving, most famous for his stories, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow.
0: That's right.
1: And Rip Van Winkle. Yeah. He wrote a satirical history of New York <laughs> that depicted St. Nicholas as not as a bishop, like in the church, but rather like a non-religious Dutch dude with a clay pipe.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool.
1: I know. I think I don't know where it came from, but that's where.
0: That's where he went with it. That's where he
1: went with it. Exactly. Thank you. (laughs) But the idea of what we think of like today as Santa Claus would actually materialize um, a little over 200 years ago in 1821 from an anonymous illustrated poem. Oh. So the character known as Santa Claus arrived from the north in a sleigh flying with a flying reindeer only one wearing baggy furs that were typical of germanic gift bringers and delivered presents via chimney
0: wow and this was an anonymous illustration
1: anonymous we don't know who this guy was
0: and did did i hear you correctly that it's Santi Claus? yeah
1: s-a-n-t-e
0: wow yeah that's how goofy says it i know right Mm-hmm.
1: I know that's what I thought too I was like huh that's funny
0: Goofy always says Santay Claus
1: but Yeah it's like 200 years old Wow. That pronunciation at least
0: Goofy's educated
1: But if you were bad though Santy Claus Would leave a long black Birch and Rod which could be used by Parents to beat their children
0: Ay ay. ay. <laughs> Please Let's hope that's not in anyone's Christmas traditions now <laughs> <laughs> I know <laughs> poor kids kids had it so rough back in the day kids were just seen as a nuisance like either work and help us keep the other kids alive or we're gonna beat you pretty much like what a raw deal no one asks for that
1: it's it's a good time had by all (laughs)
0: yeah
1: (laughs) so two years later in 1823 the poem titled a visit from saint nicholas by henry livingston was published But we know it better by its alternate title, The Night Before Christmas.
0: Yeah, that's the one my dad reads every Christmas Eve.
1: And this was really important, actually, as it further described what Santa looked like.
0: Mm Mm-hmm, yeah.
1: And here's, in fact, a little excerpt that I'm going to read. my favorite. He was dressed in all fur, from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled. His dimples, how merry. His cheeks were like roses. His nose, like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow. And the beard of his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth. And the smoke it encircled his red his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump a right old jolly elf.
0: Yay! Bravo! Thank you. We have the book, well, well I guess the poem somewhere here. Somewhere here with us right now. I can't see it, but um that, it's one of my favorites. That's so beautiful. I, I didn't realize that's our first physical description of Santa Claus.
1: Yes. Like like that,
0: like the one we think of. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. really
1: detailed. Yeah. And yeah, 200 years this year. 200 name. years
0: this year that's so cool yeah my dad's gonna love that fact also shout out to my dad because he requested this episode topic he did yeah another
1: one of you weirdos did also yes request this as well but yeah my father-in-law also did so
0: literally called to be like hey he did when's that episode coming out so here well, it is dad
1: you'll be happy to hear it So, Santa would become further entrenched in the American psyche, uh, ironically enough, during the Civil War. Oh, wow. So, in 1863, political cartoonist Thomas Nast, Mm -hmm. as like Condi Nast. Really? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah.
0: Oh, shit. So, he
1: began a series of annual black and white drawings in Harper's Weekly based on the descriptions found in the poem and Washington Irving's work. So these drawings established a thick Santa with flowing beard, fur garments, and, of course, a clay pipe.
0: That was so aggressive. (laughs) Thick.
1: I thought you guys would like that.
0: That's really, really interesting. I think it makes a lot of sense because, obviously, the country is going through such a painful time that we lean into things like Santa Claus and right. Christmas more.
1: Well, it's interesting too because um this was also a a political strategy or mm, how by so? Abraham Lincoln to associate like Santa Claus like with this the American north? thing with the north and like as American not Confederate.
0: Wow, that's really smart. Yeah. That's really really smart. And On a personal note, because I'm sure you're all dying to know, (laughs) my ideal Christmas aesthetic. Thank you for asking, babe. My ideal Christmas aesthetic is actually (laughs) the Little Women Christmas aesthetic. Okay. From the Greta Gerwig film.
1: Oh, and that was in the Civil War. And
0: that's during the Civil War. And I think that is the most beautiful, romantic Christmas aesthetic ever. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Well, anyways, yeah, <laughs> going back to Santa Claus here.
0: Clearly, you found that fascinating. <laughs> it was very fascinating. Well, tell us, what's your ideal Christmas aesthetic? I
1: don't know. Probably like in the snow or something, like, like a cabin, like in the like snowy woods and stuff.
0: So you like a rustic Christmas? I like, I like
1: rustic, yeah.
0: Oh, okay. That's cool.
1: Yeah, I like rustic. That's better. So he would continue drawing Santa Clauses for the next two decades.
0: Wow. Yeah, I want to see these drawings.
1: You know, we'll post them. Okay. And his version of Santa is more or less like the one that we know today. He even gave the name Santa Claus, or I should say, I shouldn't say he gave the name. The Santa Claus already existed. But Santa Claus is a natural, like, phonetic alteration from the German Sanct Niklaus.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: And other American icons, such as writer George Webster and the inventor of the holiday card, Louis Prang, helped further develop what we imagine as santa claus
0: wow i never even thought of who invented the holiday card
1: yeah it was this dude lewis praying
0: wow fun fact that's crazy
1: this including like or included depicting his toy factory and home being covered in snow and the iconic red furs with like the white trim that yeah. santa claus is known for his drip his drip and the most iconic, or excuse me, the most ironic thing about this whole thing is how the secularization of Santa Claus actually ended up making mm-hmm. Christmas a religious holiday again.
0: Wow. Yeah. So just, oh my God, that's so interesting. Making Santa more secular just got people's like, Christmas spirit up essentially, which then got people more interested in Christianity.
1: Kind of, yeah. So by the 1850s, Sunday schools had actually started kind of like co opting and accepting mm-hmm. secular Santa Claus, the Christmas tree, and of course, gift giving um, as that drove like attendance skyward.
0: That makes a lot of sense. So they jumped on that marketing bandwagon real fast.
1: Absolutely, they did. Yeah. There's even a movement in the Anglican Church, or like the Church of England, Mm -hmm. called the Oxford Movement um, during this time as well, that called for the re-embracement of old Christian, you know, slash Catholic, slash Orthodox traditions in the church
0: mm-hmm
1: because they're like oh this this stuff's actually kind of dope
0: yeah this is kind of fun
1: so what i told about martin luther i'm like i agree with most of you like most things you stood for martin luther but this was one of the things you messed up no yeah. one's perfect though and he'd no be like oh, okay that's fair
0: <laughs> i'm glad you two settled that <laughs> we
1: settled it I had, this is like what goes on in my mind <laughs> good <laughs> I mean, i'm low-key insane okay so all of this together completely solidified our idea of what santa claus is today And in fact, the Santa from 100 years ago, more or less, is virtually indistinguishable from the one we have in our heads. Yay. So He's old. And so now we kind of come to a really interesting phenomenon Mm -hmm. that is similar to something that we had covered in a previous episode. Mm -hmm. So basically how an ancient idea centered around the harvest that came from Europe to the Americas was transformed in the new world and then kind of had a reverse migration back to Europe.
0: I know what you're talking about. Yes.
1: We covered this in the history of Halloween, episode 107. Mm-hmm. And I can say that the, pretty much the same thing happened here with Santa.
0: Yeah. It's a very similar pattern.
1: Yeah. Although it's a little bit different and it's to a smaller degree, but still mm-hmm. it did happen. So we have spoken about Father Christmas in Britain already, right? Yeah. And there was also, um, and I'm going to butcher this, this is in French, the Père, Noël.
0: Yeah. Father Christmas. Well, yeah. Noël is different. Yeah. Father yeah. Christmas.
1: Father Christmas, yeah, just in French, uh, in France. But in the modern day, they all have basically taken on the same identity.
0: Exactly, yeah.
1: Um, as like the modern Santa Claus, though they all started out separately. separately. Mm-hmm. So, and of course, there always be some regional differences, but they are more or less the same as they have the shared characteristics of the red outfit, the workshop at the North Pole, and a team of reindeer. Of course. Of course, right?
0: You know what I thought was... Uh, really interesting growing up was that mm-hmm. my dad grew up celebrating christmas believing in santa but my mom didn't
1: oh that is really interesting
0: my mom was like aware of santa kind right. of vaguely but in mexico um when she was a kid it was still more heavily focused on the three wise men which and they come in january oh wow yeah so there was like, I think it started to get more popular, actually, probably during her childhood in Mexico, this idea of Santa. Right. Um, but she still kind of lived in this, I guess, older, yeah more ancient tradition than my dad.
1: That's so interesting. So
0: she, she was always really excited during Christmas for us to do things like putting out cookies and carrots for the reindeer, things like that, because she didn't grow up with any of those traditions. That's
1: so sweet. Yeah. That was really nice. Um, well, I'm glad that she has them now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and we still do celebrate the wise men coming.
1: Yeah, so That's a Catholic thing, right?
0: Yeah. It's a Catholic thing. It's very, uh, it's very popular in Mexico. I don't know about other parts of, uh, Latin America, but basically on the day of the three wise men the night before you leave out a shoe and Christmas Eve. No, this is in January. I think it's oh. January 6th. I believe fifth or sixth. Oh yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. You leave out a shoe and then when you wake up, they put a present under your shoe because the three wise men, it makes sense when you think about it, they gave baby Jesus his first gifts.
1: Baby Jesus. So
0: now they continue to give gifts to kids.
1: That's so cool. Yeah. Also, if you're a kid, that's really cool.
0: If you're a kid like me that grew up with both, it's really cool (laughs) because then you get extra presents again in January.
1: What if you were... Like, and I had a friend who who was Jewish, but also celebrated Christmas. But then, but then if also, he was
0: also Mexican? Yeah. That's the jackpot right there. That's the trifecta. Yeah. <laughs> so-, <laughs> so many presents.
1: Well, we're going to shift gears here. And we're going to talk about commercialization because as with Halloween we wouldn't be where we are today without some commercialization. Am I right or am I right?
0: It would not be America.
1: (laughs) It really wouldn't.
0: Without some commercialization. So insert
1: Coca-Cola 1931. Mm -hmm. You have an American artist by the name of Haddon Sonny Sunblom, who took one look at his friend Lou Prentice and really thought hey you're gonna be Santa. And oh. he basically used his friend Lou as the model for Santa Claus.
0: Wow! Yes, Is based off a real dude, na- dude named Lou.
1: Yeah, the the Coca Cola ones, at least. That's cool. So, and I can't understate how popular these drawings would become. Yeah. I mean, in fact, Coca Cola still uses them in official promotions to this day.
0: They're beautiful.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, people even incorrectly thought that this man made the OG Santa. But Mm -hmm. if you've been listening to this episode, you know that this is indeed incorrect. Mm -hmm. And this campaign that he did lasted 35 years.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah.
1: He did it for 35 years.
0: That's wild. Right?
1: And by the 1950s, Santa was widely used, basically endorsements, right, for a range of consumer products.
0: Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah.
1: So... This commercialization aspect was what really drove the image across the world. Mm -hmm. And it was so successful that like authoritarian dictators like, you know, communist Joseph Stalin, even banned St. Nicholas or, you know, Santa Claus.
0: They banned Santa Claus? (laughs)
1: Yes. Though Santa would, of course, as we all know, survive communism.
0: Santa survived communism. Yay. (laughs) And
1: also, before we start to, like, wrap up, because um, I think the weirdos, you guys would want to know this. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer came about as the same time as, like, the commercialization of Santa began. So, going back to 1939, Mm. Robert L. May, a Mm -hmm. copywriter at the Montgomery Ward Department Store, wrote a Christmas-themed story poem to help bring holiday traffic into his store.
0: Wow, that's so smart.
1: So he would introduce the story of Rudolph, um, how he was bullied, and that faithful Foggy Night, and how you know Santa needed his help to lead the sleigh.
0: Is it the song that I love, or is it different?
1: I don't know.
0: Ooh, we should look that up but later. It's,
1: yeah, it's a story poem. So maybe I my, must be. It's probably it's the original. Yeah. So uh, so the message was that given the opportunity, a liability can be turned into an asset. And that proved to be very popular.
0: It's not a bug. It's a feature. Exactly. That's so cool because Rudolph's nose, they teased him for it. But guess who needed that nose?
1: Santa. I almost said Jesus. I don't know why. (laughs) Baby Jesus. Baby Jesus in particular.
0: I think it makes so much sense that this commercialization, this Coca-Cola Santa became so popular around the world because it's just such a distinct icon. Like, the red coat, the fur, the white beard, the rosy cheeks. He's bald. Like, he's really plump. Right. That's just so distinct. I can't think of another word. That That's really... Those are the types of symbols that, like, catch on fire.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: That's so cool. I know, right?
1: So, with contemporary Santa Claus, right, the traditions around him have not only just persisted Mm -hmm. but they've taken on more and more forms right okay so like letters being written from children to santa in the united states dates all the way back to like the early 20th century
0: that's so cute
1: and in fact if you wanted to send a letter the u.s postal service advises you to send it to north pole holiday postmark postmaster 4141 postmark drive in anchorage alaska 99530
0: Oh, my gosh. Can we send a letter? We don't have kids. Let's do it.
1: Anyways, <laughs> countries all over the world would participate in this tradition, ranging from, you know, unsurprisingly, the U.S., France, Germany, Australia, Austria, Bulgaria, Canada, Spain, Finland, Ireland, New Zealand, Portugal, Poland, Slovakia, Sweden, Switzerland, Ukraine, and the United Kingdom. Wow. Yeah. So it it is all over the place. Yeah.
0: That got popular.
1: It got popping. Yeah. <laughs> also, shopping malls have always, or not always, they also started introducing like Santa themed areas with, you know, popular tradition of sitting on Santa's lap, mm-hmm. right? To tell him what you wanted for Christmas. But my personal all time favorite is the NORAD Santa Tracker. And so by cute. the way, NORAD stands for the North American Aerospace Defense Command
0: our military
1: it's yeah it's an amer it's a joint american canadian airspace defense center
0: yep and they're tracking santa
1: and they're tracking santa they've been doing it since
0: 1955. that's so cute they
1: claim to use radar but <laughs> they
0: claim i'm to use skeptical radar. myself why are you skeptical i don't know you don't trust the government it's
1: the government <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: and in the years since there have been many copycats like even including google Yeah. That have Mm -hmm. their
0: own. Mm -hmm. So. I I trust Norads. That's what I'm going to be using this year.
1: Absolutely. They're the OG. Yeah. They get precedence. So my dear weirdos, that's more or less the history of how we have Santa, right? You have this Catholic bishop in the third and fourth centuries, Rome turned into a fictional dude in red furs who drives a sleigh powered by flying reindeer and gives children presents via the chimney.
0: That's quite a transformation.
1: That's that is the transformation. And my sources for this week were history.com, Nat Geo, the St. Nicholas center.org, the Oxford Eagle, explore the archive. All that is interesting. And of course, our personal favorite Wikipedia.
0: That was awesome, babe. I really loved that. I can only imagine how difficult this episode was. Yes. Because there's no like one clear narrative.
1: No, it's kind of like it's such all an
0: amalgamation of, of things.
1: Absolutely. That's fascinating. Which I guess is kind of like human history more or less. But yeah, when you're looking at a span of like over, not over, but like, you know, we're approaching 2000 years, like Mm -hmm. things are going to change.
0: That was so cool. I got to learn so much about Sani.
1: Yeah, Sani. And if you are listening on Spotify, they give you an option to leave a comment. So go ahead and leave a comment with your favorite Christmas tradition.
0: Ooh, that's such a good question. Yeah.
1: I want to hear it, guys.
0: Do you have a favorite Christmas tradition?
1: Presents. Opening them.
0: Oh my
1: God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you really leaned into the commercialization. I was
1: like, yeah, baby, give me those presents. No, actually, I love, uh, I just love Christmas trees. Yes, I love the smell we both of do. Them. I don't know if it's, nec- I guess it is a tradition. It's kind of basic, but I just love, I don't even necessarily like decorating them, but I just love having having it in our house.
0: Yes, And kind of
1: like what we did today, we went out and actually bought a Christmas tree. I love that. The smell. The smell.
0: Yeah. Not
1: necessarily like carrying it into the apartment, but... (laughs) That was rough. That was rough. For you. Yeah. (laughs) You got to just like watch. Yeah.
0: I was like, (laughs) wow, this looks hard.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But I love Christmas trees. So what about you?
0: That's a really beautiful one. It's one of my favorites. And that's one of the more ancient ones.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. Makes sense.
0: For me... I think, what's one of my favorite ones? I think as a kid, it was Santa. Just the idea of like writing a letter to him and trying to catch him coming into the apartment. right? Um, Things like that. Like I just loved the idea of Santa until I found out some dark news that our our younger listeners need not hear.
1: They need not hear. (laughs) They need not hear.
0: Um, But I think now... As an adult, I think I also just love the spirit of Christmas. I love the idea, and I think that's what Santa represents really is just right. this idea of warmth and generosity. And I actually really love how kid-centered it is. Yeah. Whether you have kids or not, like letting your inner child come out and have fun, to me that's the best part of it.
1: That's beautiful.
0: Oh, thanks babe.
1: I like that. It's kind of abstract, but also just like amazing
0: oh you're so sweet thank you
1: i'm one with the words today
0: yeah no you did an amazing job thank you so much for teaching us about the history of santa claus you got it weirdos thank you so much as always for listening please comment your favorite christmas tradition on if you're listening on spotify and don't forget to follow us on instagram if you aren't doing so already you can find us at history for weirdos and i think that's it
1: That's it, guys. Until next time. Until
0: next time, weirdos.
1: Adios.